episode of the Bad Touch Podcast. I'm your host, Drew, with my co-host, Brian. Brian, you uh, look like you're feeling a little rough this afternoon. It's been a struggle. It's been a struggle when you're, uh, you know, stringing a couple days of heavy drinking in a row. Well, t- tell the folks uh, what you're up to this weekend. Man, so I, yeah, it was cool. I uh, actually, so let me start on Friday night just to give a shout out. Um, went to a friend's wedding and it was awesome. The couple was lovely. The venue was incredible. The band was incredible. Uh, just a super good night overall. Also uh, nice that you uh, didn't have to travel for a wedding. Yeah, it was literally two blocks away from my house, <laughs> which was dangerous. <laughs> Those it, are the best. It, yeah, dangerous in, in some regards. But uh, man, no, that was that was a hell of a start to the weekend. And then Saturday flew up uh, to Green Bay. And went to the uh, went to Lambeau Field on Sunday. Went to the Packers Patriots game. Uh, ended up being an incredible game. I think if you tell me, you know, I promise you they're going to win. It's just going to be rocky. Like I would have enjoyed it a lot more. But uh, and yeah. I, I was with a good buddy from Boston who is honestly one of my best friends on this planet. Uh, fantastic guy. Also a guy that I would have heard about that loss probably until like the day one of us passed away. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm super jacked that the Packers pulled it out. I think in some regards in the NFL, a win is a win. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you never look back on a year and think like, oh, well, week, week four, they, they struggled against, what's his name, Bailey Zappi. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like they, it's don't, you know, they don't look at who the quarterback was. It's just a win or loss. Uh, so yeah, we were, uh, we were sitting there watching the game, and I put a little bit of money on uh, – couple props during that game uh didn't like any of the the line or anything like that but we were we were just thinking about like you know how's brian feeling during this game how, you Dude, know, <laughs> just like, i was slamming beers and then like every time out or tv timeout, i just had my hands in my head ugh. uh luckily like i was with super good people and the crowd at lamb was obviously really good um i hadn't been there in a couple years with covid and everything it was a little weird i don't know have you gone to a titans game yet this year no i haven't been to one this year man i don't know if any if every stadium is doing it but uh the packers used to after um you know every play they'd be like oh you know aaron jones a ball carrier for a gain of five or whatever um and they kind of did that but almost after almost every play they were doing like let's hear you lambo and like they would play like the players on the on the jumbotron like you know, the hype videos that they all create yeah. and stuff like earlier in the year. And it, it certainly didn't take away from it, but it was a little bizarre because it was, I'm telling you, it was almost after every play. It's not like a big third down and, you know, like, let's go. Like, right. decibel. Dude, it was like first and 10 on the 30 for the Pats. And they were like putting the decibel meter up <laughs> on the thing. And it's like, you know, look, I want to cheer my ass off for the Packers, but like, Give me a break for just one second. Yeah, I was like, look, it was a holding for 10-yard penalty. We don't have to get fired up. Right yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so anyway, drank a ton. Obviously, um, you know, going back to Wisconsin is always fun. But, man, it's Wednesday night, and I think I'm almost recovered. <laughs> well, you missed a, uh, a wild weekend of MLS action. You know, we were talking about it before we, before we started recording tonight. But it feels like every team that was eliminated got a result. Um, and so that's just like, it's funny how that works. I and mean, we will get to it, but had a dog shit weekend gambling. 
and really it was because we were relying on the teams that were on the bubble or you know the dominant teams all year and they just did not show up on Saturday or Sunday uh, so tough weekend but it was a, it was an entertaining um, Saturday and Sunday for MLS obviously we've got you know a couple big well I guess I shouldn't say a couple big weeks we've got one big week coming up where right now we're watching the Miami-Orlando game and then keeping an eye on this Columbus-Charlotte game. Uh, all four of those teams are on the bubble um, in the Eastern Conference, all with still a chance to get in. Charlotte has to win. Currently, they're down 2-1 to one, uh, in the 75th minute. Um, so Charlotte loses this. They're out. And so then going into the weekend, it'll just be Orlando, Miami, and Columbus fighting for those last two spots in the playoffs. Uh, so a lot of a lot of good stuff. Keep your eye out for the results of these games this weekend before you place any wagers. I mean, on the weekdays before you place any wagers for the weekend uh, because you're still going to have some teams that are maybe not playing for as much um, and, you know, big-time playoff seating matchups and those kinds of things this weekend. So if I had any advice for any of the gamblers out there, it would be to – Stay away from the games that mean nothing. I think it's just going to be a total crapshoot and really rely on the teams that are either trying to move up to host a spot, you know, to host a playoff game, or if they're fighting for their playoff lives. Uh, you know, I think those are the games you're going to want to be a part of gambling-wise. That's great advice. I, uh, you know, I think like you, I'm a little bit surprised at some of the results from past weekend. You know, it's very hard uh, just the way soccer is and the table – in MLS, you know, the point scoring, you get points for wins and draws. and It's hard to kind of compare it to another sport, but it's, you know, talk about Nashville, and I know I'm a little biased and probably a little hard on them, but it's very hard for me to think if sort of, you know, uh, a 10-6 and six team in the NFL was going into week 17, I guess there's 17 games now, right? So they're going in the last week of the season, and they had to beat a 6-10 and 10 team. And they couldn't do it. Like, it could be because you just got to think those guys are going to go ballistic. Uh, and and I just – I was very surprised that, that a lot of teams that really needed a win couldn't get one. Yeah, it, it was shocking because, like you said, I mean, like, it feels like in other sports. And obviously football is a little different just because it is so many games. But I would compare it to, like, the NBA where it's – you know, there's 80-something games. But a lot of times it comes down to the last two or three games of – all right, who's going to be filling in those final spots in the playoffs? And you don't typically see these teams that are, you know, that are in the seventh spot or the eighth spot losing to teams that don't have anything to play for. So it was shocking in that sense. Um, we'll get into some of the playoffs later on. should uh, make a programming note, I guess. Uh, we're not going to do any kind of hypothetical or anything today. Uh, just going to run through, like, some of the playoff scenarios kind of look at the, the board, see where everybody's at, just to give the listeners an idea of, you know, what games are actually mean something this weekend. Uh, so we'll, we'll dive into that in a little bit. I did want to get your thoughts. Um, you know, a lot of the media has been talking about this MVP race. Um, and, you know, part of it is the homer in me, but part of it is also just looking at the numbers. I don't think there's any reason Hani shouldn't be the MVP of the MLS. Well, I don't think so either. Um, but you had mentioned it to me earlier that there is, and it's, it's, I'm glad you brought it up because I do believe there's truly that debate over all sports is MVP really 
the best player in the league or the player that was most meaningful to their organization. Uh, I know I think you typically see MVPs come from from winning teams. Right. But, you know, and I, this is probably a half-hour conversation, but I definitely think there are times when, you know, <clears throat> certain guys in certain leagues need to be looked at because, you know, maybe their team was – 500 or seven and seven or, or whatever. But if they didn't have them, like they wouldn't even be, they wouldn't want a game right? or whatever. And I think that's like the whole argument of like you were saying, is it the most valuable player for their team or is it the most valuable player in the league? And I think either way you want to frame that argument. I think Hani Mukhtar one has the stats to prove that he is the best in the league. And then two, he is, did they just miss that? Did he just miss that? Yeah. Um, and two, he is the best player on Nashville, and without him, and I mean, you can get into some of the underlying data where it's like, you know, 60 or whatever, 70% of Nashville's goals have either come from his foot or off the assist of him. So I think either way you want to frame the argument, I think Sebastian Driussi is a fantastic player. Um, you know, if we didn't have Hani, I would love to have him on the team. Even if we did, if you could have both of them, love right, to have right. both. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. uh, but I, you know, I think that it's tough to argue the numbers. I mean, he's got 22 goals and 11 assists. Uh, you know, top goal scorer, and you know, obviously that Lucas Acosta guy from uh, Cincinnati has like 20 something assists. But I mean, he's top five in both goals and assists, and top in goals. So I don't know how you don't give it to him. Uh, I totally agree. I think in this situation, the reason he's a lock is simply because of how valuable he was to Nashville and his status as a level of player in the league. I mean, I'll hear that debate because he's going up against guys like Trucy, guys like, you know, I'm not even going to count Bale, but, uh, uh, you know, or Acosta or, um, Brandon Vasquez or Carlos Vela or whatever. Gazdag. Yeah. Like he's going to, so, so I think if, if you kind of weigh both of those categories, he's so far ahead in how much his team relied on him and he's still in the conversation for top five player in the MLS. So I just, to me, it's a no brainer. Yeah, I think so too. I think the only way that people are making the case against him is just because right now Nashville is in the five spot. And Austin is in the two spot in the West. Um, but again, if you don't have Hani on that Nashville team, we're not even we're not even on the bubble of winning games. Like CJ Sapong hasn't scored a goal since like no, he hasn't scored a goal since May. Yeah, middle of May, something like that. Yeah, like, I mean, and he's played a lot of minutes since. Like it's not a like ton. he's not getting opportunity. Did you see that the argument is that Gary Smith said is that he. Uh, create his disruption creates so many chances for Hani. Yeah, and there's definitely something. To be Which said I, about I, yeah, I don't disagree with that, but it's like, I, okay, he hasn't but, scored since fucking May. Yeah, but I mean, he does do a lot of things that Hani doesn't do in terms of chasing plays, winning headers, doing those kinds of things, the hold-up play. Um, obviously, I wish we had a better option that could also put the ball in the back of the net. But um, you know, the, the same arguments being made for Jesus Ferreira. Uh, on the men's national team. It's like, well, he's getting a ton of opportunities, but he's not actually putting his goals away. Do you put somebody else that will put the goals away? Well, maybe the opportunities aren't the same. You know, it's like he's creating those opportunities with his movements, with the connections, with his movement off the ball. Um, so I think that, that Hani is locked up as MVP 
Uh, Sebastian Juicy had a fantastic season. Clearly, Austin had a great season. Uh, but I think it's case closed. Honey Mukhtar, MVP. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's quickly run through uh, power rankings. Um, LAFC locked up the Supporter Shield, so that is the most points scored throughout the MLS season. Um, so right now they're sitting on 67. Um, if Philly won their game this weekend, they would have 67. Um, but I think LAFC has the tiebreaker. So it's already locked up, Supporter Shield. So they are one, Philly two, Montreal three, Austin four, NYCFC five. Uh, took Dallas out of there. I mean, NYCFC, they're sitting two points higher than, than Dallas. Uh, you know, a lot of those did come early in the year, but they haven't had as big of a drop-off as a lot of people were expecting. So I think you still got to give that team a lot of props for holding it together after Castellanos was sold or on loan. Um, also saw Castellanos had a goal this weekend. Did he? Yeah, That's it. That's so, so cool to see. So it's nice to see him getting some run. Um I saw some of the MLS experts were like, we'll probably never see him back in MLS unless it's... Maybe when he's like 38. Right. And like, probably kind of seems <laughs> to He'll do like the Twilight Tour or whatever and yeah. come back and you know play a couple games. Uh, gambling recap. Or do you, you got something you want well, I just want to ask. We talked about this a, like a few, I hit more than a few episodes ago, but we talked about this before. So he scored. And when when is his like contract up or when does it come around where... like? Some of the teams will like reap the benefits of his new contract. Do you yeah. have you know what I'm talking about? Do you have any idea when that is? You're talking about like the because he wasn't technically sold, so he was put. He was. So they're probably just going to buy him outright. Yeah, so they probably had like a loan with an option to buy. Okay. So at the end of the loan, whether that is a six month loan, a twelve month loan, eighteen month loan, at the end of that loan period, so NYCFC is still paying his contract currently, but Girona is giving them money for that contract. And then as soon as that loan runs out, probably through the duration of whatever contract he has going right now, they'll sign him or somebody else will sign him. Um, so be on the lookout for that. I don't know when his loan's up. I didn't do enough research into that. Should have probably done that. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I think he'll stay in La Liga or you know somewhere overseas for the foreseeable future. Do you think there's guys that don't want to play overseas that just want to stay in the MLS? Yeah, there's absolutely. Be, right? Yeah. I mean, whether I, it's a close to home thing or just a comfort thing, or right. I think that there's guys that, you know, if you're trying to, maybe you're realistic with yourself. You know, Walker Zimmerman. I think he's a fantastic MLS player. I think you go put him overseas. One, he's having to uproot his whole family, right? Uh, you know, and move over to another you know country, and then, you know, he may not get the same playing time overseas as he would, you know, in the MLS. So. I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. I would say majority, I would say probably 75% of players that are in the MLS wish that they were playing in La Liga or Premier League or, you know, that kind of situation. I just don't think they have the skill level. So you have to be realistic with yourself of, hey, I'm in a good setup. I'm making hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. Right. You know, it could be a lot worse. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. No, I'm just curious because you think about it like I'm assuming – it's kind of weird with soccer like that because I'm assuming like the best player, you know, talk like in Korean baseball league or the Japanese baseball league could probably like play in the MLB. Oh yeah, you know, be serviceable, right? It's just bizarre to think that like some of the really even really good players in the MLS like would even sniff those leagues. Wouldn't even touch. It. I mean, like you see, I mean, the best goalie in the league, Matt Turner, went overseas. And now he's a backup. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, you're talking about the best goalie in the MLS went over. You know, went to. 
the Premier League and now and not even like an elite Premier League team and is now just a backup. How far I was thinking about this, I know we're getting off track. How far down, so like just think about English soccer, Premier League, uh was it Champion League? And then there's and then like League, league, league one, one, League Two, and then National League or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. How far, how many leagues down do you, would you have to go before you would confidently say an MLS team would beat one of those teams? Uh, I mean, if you're, I think if you're taking the the best MLS team against the best like championship team, I think the championship team probably rolls them. Um, you know, the, the difference is too that there's a lot of style differences between how we play and versus how they play. You know, there's a lot more possession based. It's the beautiful game, you know. We're playing the the energy drink soccer, where it's you know <laughs> right. you you hit the ball downfield. You're trying to you're playing a lot of defense and you're trying to counter. You don't see that as much in yeah. in the league. So I think confidently, I think League One. I think if you put LAFC or Philly over there against their two best teams, I think LAFC and Philly Close. probably. Yeah, yeah, I think that they at least split those games. Like I don't know if both of them win, but uh, yeah, interesting. That's a that's a good. Uh, well, I just I was thinking about I was super curious, and then also we've talked about this multiple times. But remember back in the day when like Manchester City or someone would send their like B squad to play the MLS All Stars, and Man City would roll them by like eight goals. Oh yeah, I mean that was like, like it wasn't even close. No, I mean it was like just a kickabout for them. I mean they <laughs> they were just they were over there on vacation, just happened to play a soccer game and just beat the shit out of the MLS All Stars. Right. Anyway, um, quickly run through a gambling recap. Uh, just an update because this is the final weekend of picks. Uh, Cash viewer lost last weekend. Lost on Friday night in that Toronto game. Um, that was a disappointing one. Um, so Cash viewer still up four point five seven units. Um, we're actually even on the year in terms of number of picks on the Cash viewer. Uh, that just shows you what the juice will get you. Plus odds, yeah. The plus odds plays. Uh, last weekend we both had rough weekends. You went 0 and 4, lost four units. I went 1 and 3 and I lost like 1.2 units, um, thanks to a Gonzalo Higuain goal, the only goal in that so game trash. on Friday night. In stoppage time, wasn't it? Oh, Campania just came off. Um, so yeah, you are up 5.24 units going into the last weekend. So I mean, if you have, tight. if you throw up another dud this weekend. I mean, it, it truly is. I mean, five five units can swing very quickly, um, you know, either way. I mean, it could. this could end up being a, you know, a, you could win it by 10 units or, you know, I could win by three. You know, like, there's a lot of a lot of wiggle room here. So be on the lookout at Gambling MLS for all of our picks. Um, last picks of the year. I think next week we may do some futures on teams to win the cup, um, that kind of thing, some playoff futures. So be on the lookout at Gambling MLS on Twitter for all of our picks for the weekend. So this is going to be a a different type segment that we're going to go into. Instead of doing a hypothetical or anything, I just want to kind of set the stage of the playoffs going into this last weekend, give the listener something to to be on the lookout for, games to be on the lookout for, that kind of situation. So right now in the East, you've got four teams that have clinched. You've got Philly, Montreal, and both New York teams have clinched in the East. Then you've got below them Cincinnati, Orlando, Miami, Columbus, and Charlotte that are all within five points of each other. And like we said, Charlotte's playing right now, so this could change by the time you're listening. Um, So Cincy, 
currently in the five spot, but if they if they lost their game this weekend against DC, they could drop out of the playoffs still, which is crazy to think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, if somehow you know Miami gets a win tonight, Orlando gets a win over the weekend, like because Orlando's playing Columbus. Yep, Orlando's playing Columbus on Sunday, so I think that's one of the games that put a star beside it. That's going to be a big game, um, regardless of what happens tonight. Uh, one for playoff seating, and also just to see who makes it in the playoffs. Um, so that's a game. If you're looking to gamble on some games this weekend, be on the lookout for that Orlando-Columbus game. That's wild that if Columbus wins tonight, they'll be 48 points, but they could be leapfrogged by – I mean, they'll be tied with either Orlando or Miami. <clears throat> so they're both leapfrog uh, Cincy. Yeah, and dude, that's wild. That's that's pretty tight. Yeah, I mean, and since he doesn't have a cakewalk, if the current results hold right now, and right now Orlando, Miami, Columbus, and Charlotte all have a game in hand, which is why they're playing right now on Wednesday. So Orlando say that or say Miami wins. So now they're at forty eight points. They move into the five spot. Columbus wins. They're at forty eight points. They move into the six spot. That drops Cincinnati all the way down to the seven with forty six. And you would have Miami, or you'd have Orlando trying to chase them down at 45. That's crazy. Yeah, and then if, say, Orlando beats Columbus, then all of a sudden you got both of them on 48 points. Like, it's going to be... It's No, it's wild. And then if Cincy comes back, they're going to leapfrog a 48-pointer. <laughs> yeah. And, like, there's nothing they can do about it. Dude, it's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. It's nuts that, like, and if you're... if Whoever made the MLS schedule has got to be, like, I crushed, crushed it. Crushed it. Yeah. <laughs> I crushed it this yeah. year. Yeah. I mean, to set it up, and, you know, obviously the rain delay for this uh, Columbus-Charlotte game, just like what's happenstance, I mean, it was a game that was played in July. Uh, but to come down the last week, and you've got all four teams that are, you know, on the bubble right now in the East are playing on Wednesday night, and then turn around and Orlando-Columbus match up, you know, on Sunday. Like, couldn't have asked for a better... It's so funny how that works out. But, yeah, yeah, that guy's definitely patting himself on the back. So let's take quickly. Let's take a look at the the Western Conference. So you got five teams that have locked up playoff berths. You got LAFC, Austin, Dallas, LA Galaxy, and Nashville. Um, Nashville could still finish as high as three. I mean, I guess Galaxy are in the same boat as well. They could either finish as high as three or as low as seven, depending on results. And then the teams that haven't clinched but are on the bubble in the West: Portland. Minnesota, currently in the playoffs, if it started today. RSL, Vancouver on the outside looking in. But <laughs> you've got – so hang with me for a second. So you've got Minnesota playing Vancouver on Sunday. Is this like a beautiful mind? Yeah, dude. Like, right, yeah, I got like Charlie yeah, yeah. I see like the smoke coming out of your ears right now. <laughs> I was like – I got locked in on this a little bit. This it's happened. awesome. No, I, I – I know what you're about to say, but like for the people, it's awesome to kind of how, how important those games are. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you couldn't ask for anything. And sometimes decision day it comes down to to one, you know, one game where it's like, oh, there's matchups. Um, Miami going up two nothing on Let's Orlando. Go. Is that Igor? Yeah. Do he? You see, he's retiring. Yeah, he's retiring. Yeah, sad day. Um, so be on the lookout. Like I said. A lot of fun games. I think there's going to be some weird tiebreakers that end up happening, you know, when all the dust is set. So if RSL, you were about to explain and interrupt you. So if RSL beats Portland. RSL is at home against Portland. 
If they win, they leapfrog him. So they would go up to point. 47 points. Portland would be at 46. So then it would depend on what So they, they they would clinch a spot. If RSL beats Portland, they clinch. That winner RSL, of that game clinches. Yeah, winner is in. The winner of that game clinches. But if RSL wins and Portland loses, it would depend on the result from the Minnesota-Vancouver game. So RSL would move up. These two teams would be If down. Vancouver ties at 46, would they get the tiebreaker? Because otherwise Portland could still lose and then... Right. I think... Well, Portland... If, wait. If Portland loses to RSL, I don't know what the tiebreaker is on that one. Because that would be interesting. Yeah. Because Vancouver, I mean, would be it would be a huge win. Vancouver is still alive, so they must hold some kind of tiebreaker if they're sitting... Well, I guess technically they could jump if Minnesota lost, or if they tied. Do they have? They must have a tiebreaker over Minnesota uh, because they would. If Minnesota ties RSL, RSL's out. Vancouver wins against Portland. Then you have Portland, Minnesota, and Vancouver all sitting on forty-six points. Wild. Then it comes down. To I can't. My head hurts already. <laughs> yeah, I say this is. There's a lot going into it. Just know that there's some important games, important teams to be looking out for. When you're betting these games, I think also, you know, you've got Galaxy and Nashville are both on the fence of could they host a game, could they not host a game. Uh, so the teams that I'm looking to play this week, I'm looking at Galaxy, I'm looking at Nashville, I'm looking at Portland, I'm looking at Minnesota, RSL, Vancouver, Cincinnati, Orlando, Miami, Columbus. Let me double check, see if this, uh, they tied. So Columbus Update tied. the numbers. Update the numbers. So Columbus is on 46. Charlotte is eliminated. So now <laughs> Columbus is technically... Oh, shit. So Miami is now on the outside looking in. But if this, if this result, result holds, they'll be back in. Orlando will be on the outside looking in. Wow. So, so be a Columbus move. has 46 points. 46 they tied. points. So they're up into the sixth spot. So Orlando and Miami drop. So technically Orlando's at seven. Miami is at eight. Columbus is at six. Seating-wise. Crazy. And then Orlando and Columbus play on Sunday. For a, a must-win to get in the playoffs. So if this is going to be a wild weekend. Yeah, I would definitely... Uh, those games are just going to be super passionate, I'd imagine. So even even if you're not sure of a side, throw a couple bucks on one and just be a big fan for that day. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, let's jump into a couple of these games. Let's look at the matchups. Give us a couple picks that you like. Um, first game, we just talked about it, Orlando at home against Columbus. We now know it is a must win for either team. Yeah. Um, Orlando's at home. I think you ride the, the home team here. Um, I mean, Orlando looks shaky right now, which may be even better because now it's like, okay, we've got to go out and get a result. We didn't get what we needed done. It's a short plane ride from, or maybe even a bus from Orlando to Miami. Probably a plane. It's a plane. It's a plane. It's a plane. <laughs> it's a plane. <laughs> yeah, it's a plane. I was like, all right, right. I just said that. No, yeah. a, <laughs> but still, not a short, you know, a short travel. It's week. like six-hour drive. Isn't it? Is it like four hours or at least? I've never been to Miami. What? Why would I have gone to Miami? Why wouldn't you have gone to Miami? I don't know. I just haven't made it there yet. 
<laughs> so yeah, what do you like on that game? Orlando Miami, or I mean Orlando Columbus. I, I'm tired of betting against Orlando in kind of games they should win or, or like must wins. And I know tonight was a must win and I bet against them, but I mean, when they're back to the wall, specifically when they're at home, they just seem to, you know, really pull through. I honestly, I truly believe they may come back in this game. I don't think it's over. They're still just over a half to play. They just almost put one in. I think they're pesky. I, uh, man, I really, I would be bummed if they, if they win. So it's kind of like, at least I'll be winning money. So do like an emotional hedge? Emotional hedge. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fair. Everyone should do those every once in a while. Um, but no, I think, I think Orlando just plays a lot better at home. Yeah. I mean, they've been a totally different team at home. Uh, Columbus, I, I haven't believed in them all year. I'm not going to start believing in them last week. Well, they also, I mean, dude, they're so shaky. They went up one nil tonight and then they gave up a, and they're one nil to be in the playoffs. And then didn't they, did they They give up? up, They went up two nothing. They went up two nothing. Went up two nothing in that game. And then, and then they let Charlotte back in it to, to Rio draw. Rio scored in the 58th, and then Shinoshiki scored in the 94th. Uh, yeah. It, it, those, that's, it's so sad to say it because there's like no reason to say it, but teams like that, I'm just like, I don't even respect you. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. So I'm, I'm liking the Orlando money line. Uh, in terms of a total on this game, I think it'll probably go over um, just because you've got teams that are going to be going balls to the wall. Um, so I like the over in that spot. I like Orlando money line. Next game we'll talk about Houston at home against the LA Galaxy. I uh, just want to quickly hit on this. I mean, Houston gave Nashville a great game on Sunday last week. Um, Nashville had plenty of chances. A couple that hit off the post in the first half. I think that's a totally different game. I think Galaxy run away with this. They probably win this game. They lock up a home spot. Um, yeah, I, the only thing I'll add to that, I, I just I don't really disagree with you. The only thing I'll add is you might want to check some lineups. Um, if, if maybe if Houston's still playing all their firepower guys, you know they might be a little bit energized being at home, final game of the year, depending on the crowd. Uh, but I think LA Galaxy that you know they really, to me, they were always a good team. Um, I really was bullish on them. They had a couple weird, fluky games, I think, against Seattle early in the year. But they've been pretty, pretty good, uh, despite one little stretch. Uh, with that said, I think they're even better with uh, Rike Piquet or whatever that guy's. Puig or, yeah, yeah, Rike Puig or whatever, whatever his name is. Pug. Yeah, Pug. <laughs> Doug the Pug. And so I, I'm super bullish on Galaxy. I would just, if, if Houston looks like they're really just trying to be spoiler or go for it, that would be my only hesitation, um, but but I, I truly am in agreement that I think LA Galaxy win that game. They also fucked me this weekend, so they're kind of on the shit list right now. Yeah, yeah, no, they they did not uh, did not perform this weekend. That's also to just to play devil's advocate. Is that because if they win, they can lock up a home play? You know, like they drew last weekend and they could have done it with a win then too, and they didn't do it. So it's like I, I'm just a little bit bitter, but yeah, um, I mean, I think there's a. You know, obviously it's gambling. It's you know, players are playing the game, right. so it's like we don't know for sure. I just if if you're LA Galaxy and you have the chance to lock up a home game against a bad team, and this is what I said about Nashville last week, you should go out and do it. Um, Nashville might end up playing LA LAFC two weeks in a row. Well, there, I think there would be a bye because there's seven teams in, so we would play 
Oh, that's right. Two will play seven. Three will play six. Yeah. <sighs> Four will play five. Um, next game is the LAFC Nashville game. Um, LAFC has come out and said that they're going to play all their guys. Um, For 20 minutes. He said that after the game. Now, after the game on Sunday. So, we'll see what they're, you know, what the lineup looks like this weekend. Um, obviously, Nashville is going to be going for it. I like both teams to score here. I think, one, because I don't think Nashville is going to be allowed to play as defensive as they would like on the road because they have to go out and get a result. Um, I think it could be a sneaky over game, even like a ladder play of like up to three and a half, you know, playing over three and a half. That's so. what I was just going to say. Is I think there's going to be a bunch of goals in this game. Like, I mean – Look, I've been wrong a bunch of times, four times this past weekend. <laughs> but my gut tells me that there's going to be some firepower just going back and forth. I think the game's going to be kind of wide open. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. I, I like the both teams to score here. I haven't looked at any of the odds. I bet it's like, you know, minus 200. Um, but going to be a fun game. Big game for Nashville. Doesn't mean anything for LAFC. So we'll see kind of how these teams come out. I expect Nashville to come out with their hair on fire. I expect the LAFC to kind of be lackadaisical a little bit with it. I know he said he's going to play all his players, but you cannot you cannot tell me he's going to play a normal game. I mean, those he's going to pull a bunch of dudes at like halftime or something. He's just going to. So you, why you can't give up that rest? No, even though they have a bye week, maybe that's why he said he's going to play. Yeah, I mean, maybe that is, but you've clearly proven that you've been the best team over the stretch of the season. Like you don't need a game to get into form, yeah. you know. So I think that's going to be a, a fun little goal fest. Uh, we'll be watching on Sunday at 4 p.m. Central Time. Uh, next game we're getting into is Vancouver at Minnesota. Um, Minnesota has been pretty bad. You know, they went on that tear. Dude, they went on that they tear were, for yeah. games. Talk about people. your haves and have-nots, man. Yeah, and they've been, they've been as bad as any team in the league. Recently. I think they won like five or six games in a row. And when you think about it, that's 18 points. They've got 45. Like, they literally won... At least a third of their points in a month stretch. They were like six and two, six whatever, zero oh and two over the stretch of eight games. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah, like how do you, how do you, now how are you on the bubble? So, I think Vancouver has been one of the hottest teams in the MLS on the counterpart. I like Vancouver. I know it's going to be a raucous crowd. Minnesota, great fan base. Um, you know, so that place is going to be jumping on Sunday. But I like Vancouver. I do. Uh, dude, I don't. I do too. I hate to keep agreeing with you, but I said this. If we go back, it's probably episode maybe eight or nine. It was right after. I think what happened was episode eight or whatever it was. I said I think Minnesota's coach is going to be the next coach to get fired, and then the that. week later, they fucking signed into an extension. And I think I hope I would go back and look. You know, look. Play the tape, <laughs> and uh, I hope I said it at the time. Is I don't know why they extended the guy. He he's not consistent. He can't win the big game. They've shit the bed literally almost every other year. Um, I think like a handful out of the last you know three or four out of the last five years, they uh, they just kind of choked. Yeah, and I kept my brother in law is a huge Loons fan, so I can call him up and probably get the full story right. But I'm shocked they resigned that guy, and now they're paying for it. I'm telling you, I think Vancouver, and I love they kind of, I just love sort of they've been playing spoiler and they've been kind of 
scrappy. That said, what Cavallini did to Alex Mule, to Alex Mule is like he's a dirt bag. I I loved him earlier. He's a dirt bag. <laughs> so I hope they do well with that. I think Brian White is the guy's name is really good on yeah. it. They got a couple younger guys that are really good. Uh, so anyway, I I don't know that Vancouver is the best team, but Minnesota is just they're chokers. Yeah. And their manager's a choker, and I'm not betting on a choker, so I'm Vancouver all the way. Yeah. Like passionate, passionately Vancouver. I think uh, you know, a good play would be Vancouver double chance tie or money line. Um, just because I think that I think they give Minnesota a hell of a game. Uh, Minnesota knows that with a tie that they can move through, uh, you know, over Vancouver. So that would be that would be some way I would be leaning for sure. I mean, if Vancouver ties, they're out. And so if I'm Minnesota, I'm playing for a tie at least. Uh, last game I want to get into before we get out of here, the RSL at home against Portland. Um, like I said, these two teams are playing for a playoff spot. Um, RSL has been considerably better at home than they have on the road. Portland has been up and down all year. I mean, where do you go with this one? I know where I go. Yeah, Portland. Portland. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that 11 o'clock text. You just can't. I mean, it. I absolutely. Uh, I've been a, a Portland stand all year. Two years now. Two years, yeah. I mean, I didn't end up doing it, but I talked about putting money on them to win it this year. Luckily, I didn't. I mean, I don't think they got a shot against LAFC if they have to play them. Uh, but I, I just – Portland all the way. I got to, you know, put my money where my mouth is. I, I've talked them up so highly, and even when they were down, you know, still betting on them. Uh, so I just got to I gotta stick with them. I weirdly, on the, the counter of my points from earlier, I think this is an under game. I think this is just a gross game. I think Portland probably has more talent. Um, RSL at home, I think they're going to try to muck it up, try to win this game one nothing. Um I like under two and a half. I don't know if I'll have it on the card. Be on the lookout at Gambling MLS for all of our picks. It'll be interesting if RSL can frustrate Portland early. I think that that makes it a completely different game. If Portland gets one early, I bet they roll them. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, Portland's had a knack for doing that. I mean, they, they get a goal in the first 10 minutes, and then they put a second one on you somewhere in the first half, and all of a sudden it's 2-0 halftime, game over. Yeah. So be on the lookout, like I said, at Gambling MLS. All right, I just want to do a quick little recap from last week because we did our favorite non-MLS picks um, on the, at the end of last show. You had Vikings plus six. Um, that did not hit. They ended up losing by eight. Um, no, I had Jaguars. Wait, what? That, what I no, I had Jaguars plus six and a half. Jaguars plus six and a half at Philly. And they started out that game up 14. Dude, I know. Dude, I know. I texted you. I was like, my God, I was right. And then that was... Dumb. Yeah, and then I had the the London game. When I gave it to y'all, it was minus two and a half. Uh, I think you said it got bet all the way up to minus three and a half. So if you got the better part of the number, you hit your bet. If you got it at minus three, you pushed. If you got it at minus three and a half, you lost. Uh, so hopefully y'all were able to get those picks in early on that Vikings bet. All right, Brian, what do you got for us? A lock of the week. <sighs> Just so snake bit, man, from from a tough week last week. Um, I think a lock. I well, I would say the uh, 
I like the under in the actually you know what no I like the Minnesota Vikings minus seven who are they playing the Bears <laughs> okay yeah Anytime you can fade the Bears right now. Yeah, and it's I know it's a rivalry game, and Minnesota's coming back from playing in London, but I just I think the Bears are terrible. You so so uh, do you see the stat? And I'll leave you with this, and then I want to know your pick. Uh, Cooper Cup has more receptions than the Bears quarterback has completions. Yeah. Oh yeah, I see. It. I love like I love like weird comparison stats. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. When they're talking, because yeah. before last weekend they actually had a decent passing game. Last weekend, the Chicago Bears had like less receiving yards than like twelve players in the NFL, which is nuts. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, my favorite pick. It's one I take every single year. The Red River Shootout. Don't let anybody tell you it's not the shootout. Over sixty-five and a half. That's Texas Oklahoma. They play every single year, and there's always points. I had it two years ago, three years ago now, uh, during a buddy's wedding, and we were all getting ready for it. We're sitting there watching, it was like 11 o'clock games. It went to like three or four overtimes, and that's what it took to hit the over. I mean, it looked dead the whole time. It was dead. And all of a sudden, I'm getting score updates. I was like, guys, we've got to turn this game back on. Turn it back on. Of course, it goes, you know, with the new overtime rules, maybe it doesn't get there. I was just about to say, it's the new overtime, the new overtime rules are, I think they're kind of silly, but... What certainly sucks about them is that, you know, you've hit some spectacular overs. Uh, you know, we're talking, like you said, numbers like over 60 and it's 20 to 20 and they're just go scoring touchdown back and forth. And you're like, oh my God, you yeah. know, it took, and I couldn't win it in four quarters and I'm about to win it in, you know, one overtime. Uh, so I think that's huge. I, I love it. I love the pick. Uh, what did you say, 65 and a half? So right now it is 65 and a half. I bet, I mean, because everybody bets the over on this game because these two teams don't play defense. Uh, so I bet it gets bet up to probably 67, maybe even 69. Interesting. I mean, I think nice. it's... I think it's a, <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> I'll be taking it again at 69. That's, yeah, <laughs> auto, auto. So we've got Red River Shootout over 65 and a half. Vikings minus seven. Tail us with caution, I will say. Uh, be on the lookout for our, all of our picks at Gambling MLS. Brian, you got anything you want to leave the people with? No. Good luck this weekend, everybody. Yeah, good luck with your bets, and we will see you all on the next episode of The Bad Touch.